Well, that video just captures a sampling of what happened last Sunday. And if you're not sure what happened last Sunday, maybe you're new with us today, just checking us out for the first time, or maybe you're one of the people that came last Sunday and were wondering why in the world was everybody leaving when you were coming to church? Well, last Sunday, we had our 3G Sunday, so that was our event where we go into the community to give back from out of what God has given us. And we had 16 different projects all over the community, at least 264 people involved in these projects, uh, representing almost 1,000 man hours. And the cool thing about the 16 projects that we had is we finished all of them. You finished all of them. So... You know, that was a major task. There were a lot of things that we were involved in that we got to serve. Uh, 360 people, a hot lunch at the food pantry. Uh, We used 45 gallons of paint in our painting projects. We had four houses in Benel that we painted. We painted the pool houses here at the back of the school at Frida Zamba Pool. And we painted, I think, two rooms or two walls and two rooms in Buddy Taylor Middle School. We collected almost 20 bags of trash at our beach cleanup. And get this, there was almost 2,000 cigarette butts picked up. Now, why do we know that? Because they had a contest to see who could get the most cigarette butts. And and that's how we figured that out. So kind of gross, but, you know, still kind of cool. Somebody won a prize, I think, that day. Um, We dumped almost a there spread almost a, a dump truck full of mulch at two schools and at Palm Coast Community Church. We brought countless smiles to the seniors at Windsor Assisted Living Center and to the families at the Family Life Center. And we had an amazing prayer team that spent a lot of time that morning uh, praying for us, making sure everybody was prayed up as we went out and and did what we did. Now, here are just a few of the really cool stories that happened from last Sunday, just a sampling of them. There are more stories, I'm sure, uh, but just a few of them. At the food pantry, there was a a long line of people waiting to pick up groceries for the day. And again, we were able to provide a hot meal to each person that was in a car. And uh, one lady went through the line, came out, and I'm not sure if she could make it back through the line, but she decided to get out of her car and walk back up to tell one of our volunteers how grateful she was for that extra meal. She said she didn't have any food in her house, and so she was coming to pick up some groceries for her, and uh, she was just so grateful to have an extra meal that day, a hot meal that, that fed her while she was waiting in line. At the Family Life Center, which is our domestic abuse shelter in our county, we had a group that went there and served by hosting a fall festival for those kids. And so they had face painting and games and activities and just a fun time uh, for the kids and the families that were there. And, And just think about the implication of that and what that means for those kids. So kids that come from an abusive environment had the opportunity to just have a fun day where they could just be a kid and laugh and not worry about whether their abuser was around them or not. So they were able to have fun in the safety of the the shelter that was there. So, so grateful for our team that was able to provide those kids the gift of fun. Uh, One of our homeowners in Benel, I had the privilege of of meeting and uh, seeing her house as it was being completed. And she said to me, thank you, for having your church come and worship God by painting my house this morning. 
I thought, what a great statement. You know, what a great statement about worship. And often we don't understand what real worship really means. And, and that's a part of it. When we serve, we are worshiping the God who loves us and who has served us so much. So there's a lot of impact that's happened in our community. And then there's some impact that has happened on us. It, you know, I've heard a number of people just say, wow, that was a, a profound moment for me. Uh, that, was, that was a moment that God stirred my heart in a way that God hasn't stirred in a while. There was one of our men that said this, 3G Sunday remains one of the most rewarding church experiences in his Christian life. I think that that should be something that all of us could say, not just 3G Sunday, but when we serve, when we serve other people in need, that, that should be the moment that we say, you know what, it's all about that. Because Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And so we should be a group of people known for serving other people that are in need. Now, again, I know those are just a sampling of the stories. There are more stories. If, if you've got some stories, I encourage you to share them. Talk to somebody about the stories that happened at the project that you were at. Don't, don't let it just stay in that day. Let's, let's carry that on um, into the future. Now, there are a few people that I'd like to thank related to 3G Sunday. And first off is Sarah Jones. So Sarah Jones, um, those of you who know her, please... Um, you know that Sarah leads our international and our local missions endeavors, and she does an amazing job at that. And you can, I'm sure, imagine how complex it would be to pull together 16 different projects all across our county to happen on one day. All the supplies that are needed, understanding what all needs to be done, having people uh, staffed and manned at each of those projects. So there's a lot of hours put into that, and we are so grateful for Sarah and her leadership. Um, if, you, if you know Sarah, please thank her. Uh, if you don't know Sarah, um, thank any Sarah. Uh, you know, I'm sure Sarah would appreciate it. It'd be great. Um, Sarah doesn't work alone. We have a local missions team that works so hard to help our church become a church that's active and mobile in our community. So if you know one of the people on our local missions team, please thank them for the many hours that they put into this. Then we have project leads. So every project had, I, I think, at least two leads involved in that. And these are the people that were on the front lines. These are the people that were helping the teams figure out what needed to be done and making sure everybody was encouraged and supplied with the stuff that they needed and, and that we finished the project. So if you were a project lead, thank you so much for stepping up to that level of service in, in our church family. We're so grateful for you for that. Um, I'd also like to thank our partners. So we've got several organizations in our community that we partner with. One is Habitat for Humanity. And we actually have uh, Joanna, I think, back somewhere. I, I can't quite see. There she is. She's waving in the back. So we have Joanna back there. Um, uh, so it's been a privilege to work with Joanna and Habitat for Humanity and building homes for, for families in our community. We also work with Grace Community Food Pantry. And, and we've got uh, I think Cass is back at one of the tables as well. Um, so uh, Cass and uh, Cass serves at Grace Community Food Pantry. They do an amazing job in our community. And one of the, the strategies that we've had as a church uh, early on is we don't need to reinvent the wheel if somebody's doing something great in our community. 
And so Habitat is doing some great stuff. Grace Community Food Pantry is doing some great stuff. So instead of us coming up with our own food pantry or coming up with a clothing closet, we've decided, hey, let's partner with somebody who's doing a great job at that. And so those two organizations are doing that. I'd also like to thank Callahan First Baptist Church. So we had a group from Callahan, Florida, which is about an hour and a half north of here. They came down to watch our kids so we could go out and serve. So get that. They came to serve us so we could serve other people. And it's just an amazing team that came down to do that. Um, and we had a number of, of parents that said, I couldn't have served if we didn't have someone here to serve me. So um, we're just so grateful for them. We sent them home with, with a goodie package and uh, just a big thanks from all of us. Um, I want to thank you. I want to thank you as well. Uh, I think about at least 264 of us, and there, there easily could have been more that, that maybe didn't have a name down on, on a sheet. But I want to thank you for being a church that's very interested in serving our community, I think, the way that God would want us to. And I think that just, this just kind of scratches the surface for us. Um, so I'm just so proud to be connected with a, a group of people like you. So you can give yourselves a big round of applause for being active in serving. And there were at least 15 of you that finished a project that you were on and went to serve on another project, which was great. And a number of you came over to the Frida Zambo pool. That was the longest project that we had in the day. So we were so grateful to have those reinforcements show up and help us finish that project. And, and if you're able to go check it out and drive past the, the park back there sometime and, and check out the, the beautiful new buildings that are there. So we're grateful for everybody who came to help us finish that. And and the last group that I'd like to thank this morning is our prayer team. So not sure if you knew this or not, but there was a, a group of people praying here throughout the morning for all of us as we were out serving. And I had the privilege of just uh, joining them for a short time. And I was so encouraged to know that they were here praying for us. Whether I don't know what you understand about prayer uh, or what your um, involvement in prayer is, but nothing significant happens in our lives or happens in the world outside of prayer. And it's just so cool to know that we had a team of people here praying for us. They did an amazing job and we're grateful for them for that. So if you'd give them a round of applause as well. Now, in the remaining time that we have today, I just want to answer the question, why would we do something like this? Why would we take a Sunday and not meet in this context and yet go out into our community to serve? You know, maybe you've wondered that and thought, like, why would we do that? That just seems a little bit weird. Well, the answer to this question is found in my favorite chapter in the Bible, Romans chapter 8. And Romans chapter 8, verse 31, has this amazing statement that says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? And, and we'll get into, in just a moment, explaining what those wonderful things are. But it continues by saying, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Now, to understand that first sentence, we have to go back in Romans chapter 8. Actually, it'd be great to go back all through Romans up to that point in, in Romans 8 to understand what the author, a guy by the name of Paul, is talking about. So we're going to go back just a little bit, maybe tip into Romans chapter 7, but we'll focus on Romans chapter 8 and understand what are all these wonderful things that Paul is talking about. At the beginning of Romans chapter 8, Paul makes this bold statement by saying, there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. I love that verse. 
That's such a powerful verse in my life. God reminds me, hey, there's no condemnation for you. If you belong to Christ Jesus, you're not condemned. And you know why that's so powerful? Because all of us deserve condemnation. We've all done something, big or small, that's hurt our relationship with God, and we deserve to be condemned for it. And yet God says, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, I will not condemn you. I will not hold your sin against you. And so we tip back into Romans chapter seven, and Paul says, listen, like, I'm a mess. Like, who can save me from me? Like, there are things that I want to do. I don't do those things. There are things I don't want to do. I do those things. So I'm a, I'm a wretch. Who can save me from me? And he says, I thank God that the answer is Jesus Christ. Jesus saves me from me. And then he rolls right into Romans 8, 1. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. And I think that that verse, it should be one of those verses that we know. One of those verses that we memorize, one of those verses that we remind ourselves on a regular basis in those moments when you feel like you're condemned or you're condemning yourself for something, I think we should be reminded that there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Verse 11 goes on to tell us that when we put our faith in Jesus, this amazing thing happens. The Holy Spirit decides to move inside your heart. The Holy Spirit moves inside us and empowers us, gives us the strength, gives us the resources that we need to face any obstacle that we stand against. And so there is nothing that can stand against you as a believer in Jesus because you have all the resources you need from within. And we just have to to learn in our relationship with God how to tap into those resources, how to tap into the resources that God makes available to us through the Holy Spirit. And verse 15 reminds us that when we've put our faith in Jesus, this really cool thing happens. We get adopted into God's family and we can call him Father. We can call him Abba, which means Father. Now, when the Apostle Paul was writing this, that that was like craziness. People would read that and go like, what are you talking about? That's way too informal. That's way too intimate. Like you never call God Father. And yet Paul comes along and says, yeah, You've been adopted and you can look at God and call him dad because he loves you and you are part of his family. And here's something that, that blows my mind because of that. Verse 17 tells us because we're God's children, we will share in Christ's inheritance. So get this. Whatever God the father is going to give Jesus as an inheritance, God is also going to give us. We are known in the Bible as joint heirs with Christ or co-heirs with Christ. Why is that so amazing? Because we don't deserve an inheritance, especially an inheritance that God the Father is going to give Jesus. We don't deserve to share that inheritance. We're the ones that kind of mess things up. And Jesus came to clean things up. Jesus came to die so we can live. And yet God the Father is going to share Christ's inheritance with us That is profound. Verse 17 goes on to say that since we're going to share in Christ's inheritance, we'll also share in his suffering. That's where most of us go, like, hold on just a second. Love the first part. You know, the the no condemnation, love that. Being adopted into God's family, love that. Holy Spirit moving in, giving me strength that I don't have, love that. Sharing Christ's inheritance, amazing. Sharing in his suffering, no thanks. Like, 
if I have to, can I at least have a small portion? Like, I really don't want a big one. And yet the reality for the Christian life is that the Christian life is one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. And a part of it is persecution and suffering. The Bible's clear about that. First Peter chapter four says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. How many of you are super glad when you're suffering or there's persecution going on in your world? Can I see a raise of hands? Yeah. Like none of us, I, I, very few of us are like, whoa, yeah, it's awesome. Like suffering at work, this is great. You know, struggling in my relationship with somebody else, this is awesome. Persecuted because I'm a believer in Jesus, this is fantastic. Most of us don't have that perspective. Yet the Bible teaches we should. Instead, be very glad about that for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So our Savior, Jesus Christ, suffered, was persecuted, and we as his followers should not expect anything less than that. But we always have to remember the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and empowers us as we face any suffering, as we face any persecution that comes along. And on top of that, Romans 8.28 tells us that God will take everything and turn it around for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so our great God is the only one that could take a bad thing and make something good out of it. And what a privilege it is to be in a relationship with a God that would do that kind of stuff for us. So after all those amazing things and and many more things that we didn't cover this morning, Paul says, what should we say? Like, I I don't even know what to say about all these wonderful things that God has done for us. And he continues to say, if God is for us, who can ever be against us. Now, the first word in that next sentence is if, and it kind of reads a little bit weird. It kind of reads as if you could get the implication that God might not be for us, but that's not what Paul is saying. He's already built the case. He's already talked in Romans chapter eight. And then before that, all of Romans up to that spot to say, hey, God is for us. There's no question, no doubt about it. God is for us. So another word that might better explain what Paul is saying there is the word since. Since God is for us, who can ever stand against us? Now, I don't think that most of us really understand what that sentence means. I know there's many times I don't, and actually for several months I've been wrestling with this, like what does that mean for God to be for me? Like, I don't know that I fully understand that. And what is my responsibility if I do know that some of those things? What am I supposed to do as a result of that? And so this morning, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to give you permission to daydream a little bit, okay? Um, you do it anyway. You're probably already thinking, like, like what am I having for lunch? When's this over? And what am I going to do this afternoon? Um, so I'm going to give you permission during the rest of my talk. Be thinking about what does it mean for God to be for you? Like, what do you think that means? And then, what do you think your responsibility is as a result of that? What should you do as a result of understanding that God is for you? Again, I don't think most of us understand that. I don't think our world understands that. I think many people just think God is against them. Many people look at Christians, look at church, look at religion, and go, I just think God and 
church and Christians, religion, they're just against everything in our world. They're not for me. They're against me. They're, they're against me having fun in life, against me getting ahead in life, against me enjoying some things in life, maybe against me pursuing and achieving some dreams. That's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus says, listen, I've come so that you may have life in all of its abundance. Now, God's view of Life in, life in abundance is often different than our view of that, but God is not against us. God is for us, and I hope that we'll see some real examples of that as we continue on uh, in our uh, message and exploration of this verse. Um, and while we're doing that, I want us to think about our responsibility. I think we could easily make the case, if God is for us, we should in turn be for other people. If most of our world doesn't understand that God is for them, then we have a responsibility to show them that. We have a responsibility to help other people understand that our God's not against them, that our God is for them. Now, the last part of verse 31 says, if God is for us, who can ever stand against us? Now, there's a protection element in that verse. God protects us from people and things that stand against us. And I want to give you a, a weird little illustration out of my life that kind of ties into this bigger illustration of God being for us. Um, it's probably not going to be hard for you to imagine, but when I was in middle school, I was not all that big of a guy, right? So I was in middle school, I was pretty scrawny, pretty squirrely little kid. And um, one of the things that happened in my middle school uh, it was a rather big middle school. One of the things that happened to scrawny, squirrely little kids was they got picked on a lot. And so I got picked on throughout middle school um, until one day when that changed for me. So one day I was in PE class and it's just the perfect environment, you know, to, to be picked on by bigger kids. And I don't know where the coach was in that moment, but he wasn't paying attention to what was going on. So there was a big kid that decided, hey, it's, it's time to pick on Trent. He was having fun. I wasn't, you know, he was pushing me around and I'm like, this is horrible. Like, I, I don't like this. This is bad. Um, and he was having a great time until a bigger kid decided to step in. And I don't know why that bigger kid decided to step in. It wasn't his fight. He didn't have the responsibility to do that. He could have just said, you know, Trent probably did something stupid anyway. He deserves it. But this bigger kid stepped in to stop it. So he stood between me and the other kid, grabbed the big kid by his shirt collar and raised his fist to him and said, don't you ever mess with Trent again. And that big kid walked off and never messed with me again. And while he was walking away, I bowed out my chest and I said, yeah, don't ever come back. <laughs> and I didn't say that because I think I'd already peed my pants and like I was embarrassed and was hiding behind the bigger kid. Now, again, I, I don't know why that kid did that, the bigger kid, no idea. But here's what I understood. That guy was for me. Yeah, I didn't understand why he was for me. Like that blew my mind. Like, why would you stand in and do that for me? Like, I don't know. To this day, me and that guy became friends and stayed friends throughout middle school and high school, uh, joined the wrestling team together, and I enjoyed our friendship for, for many years there, middle school and high school. Uh, and, and I look back at that time frame and think, you know, it's great to have a friend like that. I think we all need friends like that. And the cool thing about a relationship with God is I think we have that. If you have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe, I think you have him not only as a friend, but you have him as 
a father. So take that illustration even to another extreme. Imagine you're out at the playground, you know, like here we are, all scrawny little kids. And I've got four kids, three daughters and a son, and my son's nine and he's a scrawny little kid. And I just imagine, you know, like him getting picked on at P.E., and, and coach not looking around and just, just imagine if I just happen to walk past you. Do you think I'm going to stand up for my kid? Yes. Do you think God stands up for us? Yes. God stands up against people and things that stand against us as his kids because he loves us. So if you have a relationship with the creator of the universe, you have a God who is for you, a God who wants to stand against the things and the people that stand against you. And I think, in turn, God wants us to stand against the things that stand against people in our community. I think we have a responsibility as as God's ambassadors, as God's children, to show the world around us that our God is for them, not against them. And as I've thought about our community in, in, in relation to 3G Sunday and thought, like, what are the things that stand against our community? Several things have come to my mind and not an exhaustive list. There are other things I'm sure, but one of the things is uh, financial troubles, poor jobs, and poverty. In our county, we've, we've got an unemployment rate around 10%. We've been as high as I think 18% the past few years. So economically, there are a lot of people in our community that are hurting that don't have the resources that they need. And we don't have a lot of great paying jobs in our community. We don't have a lot of industries here that have great career advancement. So what do a lot of people do? And you might do this. A lot of people drive to Daytona, drive to St. Augustine, drive to Orlando, drive to Jacksonville to find a job that they need. And I think that's a big thing that stands against people in our community. One in seven people in our county live below the poverty line. One in four children live below the poverty line. I think those are big numbers. I think that's a big problem, and I'm not exactly sure how to solve those problems. Um, But I think God has a solution, and I would love to see us as a church family involved in that. I'd love to see businesses strengthened and new businesses started in our community. I'd love to see people living and working in our community at well-paying jobs. I'd love to see anyone who wants a job to be able to find a job. And I understand that it's election time, and let me just remind you, I'm not running for office, okay? So that's not a campaign speech. Again, I don't fully know how to address those issues. I'm just a pastor, and we're just a church. But I think God wants us to be for people in our community. I think God wants us to stand against things and people that stand against the people that are in our community. So our elder team has been praying. Uh, We've been asking God, what do you want us to do? What things do you want us to be involved in? And we've got a few things that we've been bouncing around, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that as we get a little more traction with it. But I know there are several things that we're doing right now that can help our community and is helping our community. One of those things is a class that we offer called Financial Peace University. A number of you are taking that class right now. It's a nine-week class. It helps us understand how to handle our finances in a way that honors God. And I think if more of us would handle our finances in a way that really does honor God, uh, we'd have less poverty, less unemployment, stronger businesses, and less people in need. A lot of amazing things would happen if we just said, God, like, like, here's my checkbook. Like, here's my, my credit cards. 
You're in charge. Even in our businesses, God, I want you to run this business in a way that honors you. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay devoted to your principles. In our personal lives, if we said that as well, I think a lot of things would happen financially for us individually as well as for our community. So I encourage you, if you haven't taken our financial peace uh, university class, I encourage you to do that. Another thing that stands against our community is broken marriages and broken families. I'm not sure what the statistics are on this, uh, but there are a large number of people, and you may be able to identify, you may understand what it's like to, to be in a broken marriage or to be in a broken family, and you understand how devastating that that can be, how devastating that can be on you. If you're a single parent, that can be a devastating thing. One in three families in our county live in single parent homes led by single moms. That doesn't include the homes led by single dads. And, and if you're a single parent, if you've been a single parent, you understand how devastating that can be on you. And that's why as a church, we offer uh, community groups. We offer groups for men, for women, for couples, so that we can come along and strengthen each other. We were never meant to do life alone. So if you're doing life alone, carrying heavy burdens, you were never meant by God to, to walk through life that way. God wants you to, to do life with other people that can help shoulder some of that weight that you are carrying, that can help encourage you in those moments that you desperately need encouragement. So if, if you're not in one of our community groups, I encourage you, get into one of our groups. We've got groups that are forming right now. So this afternoon at four o'clock, we have women's groups and couples groups that'll be meeting over at Palm Coast Community Church. They so graciously allow us to use their facility. And then at seven o'clock, guys, we've got a group of men that are gathering and several groups are forming out of this. So if you're not in a group, come on over tonight, seven o'clock, Palm Coast Community Church. We'd love to get you connected into one of our small groups. Now, our desire to be four families in our community is why we have a great kids ministry and a great student ministry. We've got some amazing leaders that, that spend so much time and effort to help kids and uh, students uh, connect with God in age-appropriate ways. And if you think about you know, middle school, high school years, how difficult those years can be. Think about kids growing up without a lot of direction and guidance in their relationship with God. That's why we have these ministries. If your child is not connected with those ministries, like they're missing out and you're missing out. They need to be a part of that so they can grow in age-appropriate ways in their relationship with God. Another thing that we've been working on is a mentoring program. Um, we were approached not long ago by the administration at Buddy Taylor Middle School. It's a school that we meet in. And they came and said, hey, would you guys provide or be interested in providing mentors to some of our kids that are struggling? That they don't get the support they need at home. They're falling through the cracks. And like, they don't know that anybody cares for them. Like, would you be willing to help us provide some people that would just like encourage them and support them and help them know like, like they matter. Somebody is for them. We said, man, that'd be great. We would love to be involved in that. So if, if you would like to be involved in that, and I ask that you would, we need at least 10 of you to be involved in that. We need some men as well. We've got some ladies that have signed up already. We need some men involved. Here's the cool thing about this. It's a lunch mentoring program. So once a week or every other week, you take your lunch and you have it here at, at the school. You don't have to go to the cafeteria. So just relax, okay? So no food fights are gonna be happening in your presence. So there's some places where you can go and you can spend time with a student, a student that you'll build a relationship with and let that student know that you are for them. 
We're going to have an information meeting on November the 16th after both services. So I'd love to have you connected with that. So be praying about how you can be involved in our lunch mentoring program. Now, I think the biggest thing that stands against people in our community is the number of people who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And these kind of statistics are a little bit hard to get, but the last report that I saw said at least 75% of Flagler County residents are not connected with a faith system at all. Now, what that can mean is that 75% of our community might spend an eternity apart from the God who loves them once they die. That just breaks my heart. I mean, that's a huge number. 75% of our community may not know Jesus. And, and you can look at uh, statistics and interpret them a lot of different ways, but that's a big number. And I think God wants us to be involved in helping those people come to know Jesus. That's why we're a church for people who don't do church. That's our tagline. You may see that and go, what in the world does that mean? Well, it's got two parts to it. The first part is we don't want to just do church. We want to learn how to be the church. That's what 3G Sunday was all about. Let's go be the church for our community. The second part is that we want to reach people who would say, no, thanks. Like, I'm not really interested in church. You'd invite them to church, maybe. Invite them to Christmas service. Invite them to an Easter service. Invite them to a regular service. And they'd go, no, thanks. I don't think the church has really anything to offer. And we're after those people. We'd love for them to know that our God is for them. And I think if they understood that, I think maybe if they came and experienced God's amazing grace for them, they might start looking at a relationship with God differently. And so that's why we are a church for people who don't do church. We hope that you'll help us continue to reach people in our community that don't have a relationship with him. So that's why we do things like 3G Sunday. Because Our God is for us. Our God is for our community. And we as his followers should show them that, that we're for them as well. Now, um, one more thing before I close out in prayer, and I'm gonna transition here, and then we'll get back to a video of thanks from some of our our sponsors or or partners in our community for what you did last Sunday. But um, next Sunday, we're gonna start a new series that I'm really excited about. It's a series on the life of David. And it's an Old Testament character, so um, whether you know much about David or not, but other than maybe Abraham and maybe Moses, David is one of those very well-known Old Testament Bible characters. And he's the only one in the Bible that received the label, a man after God's own heart. And I think uh, it's going to be great for us to explore why he got that label. And uh, David was not a perfect person. We'll see that. Um, But there are some amazing things that, that David did. And he had this amazing perspective in his relationship with God that helped him faithfully serve God and his generation. And so I hope that you'll come back for that so we can learn a little bit more about the life of David and how we can be people after God's own heart together. So let's pray together. God, I'm so grateful for uh, Romans 8, 31. Lord, what an amazing verse. What an amazing chapter in the Bible. What an amazing book, Lord, that, that you come along and strongly say to us, I am for you. Lord, people in our world don't know that. Often we don't know that. We don't understand 
that you are for us and we don't understand how you are for us, all the many ways that you stand for us and you stand against the things that stand against us as your children. So Lord, I pray that you would help us as a a church body be able to communicate to our community that our God is for them and not against them. Lord, show us in real practical ways how we can do that individually how we can go into our jobs or maybe go into our neighborhoods or go to our schools or, or go into our, even our own homes and show people that may not know you that you are for them. Lord, continue to show us as a church what it means for us to be for our community. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Joanne with Flagler Habitat for Humanity. We have done over 25 projects, Brush with Kindness projects, in the Bunnell community. I just want to say thank you so much for all of the volunteers coming out today and being a part of 3G Sunday for the second year in a row. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to all the guys that come out this morning to help us paint these houses. You know, it's a beautiful day, so we're going to get a lot of work done and make some people happy and uh, have a good time. Hi, my name is Carrie Ann Soriano. I'm the assistant principal here at Old Kings Elementary School. Um, on behalf of Old Kings, we'd like to thank you all for your time and your effort in volunteering today. We have a beautiful campus and we're so glad that you're here to help us make it better and put in plants and work hard and sweat and have a good time. Thank you so much. I'm Trish Giacconi, the executive director of the Family Life Center here in Flagler County. Um, and this facility serves victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, And I just want to thank you guys for thinking of us, for putting on your fall festival. Um, I've seen Spider-Man and princesses, and it's all um, because of you uh, for coming out, painting their faces, and making families feel welcome within the community while they're going through their crisis. So we certainly appreciate it. Thanks again, and we hope to see you guys next year. Epic. Look, Billy White from Palm Coast Community Church. When this whole 3G thing came up, I heard about it through as people were talking in the office, and it was so awesome to approach you guys and to say, hey, could you come work at the front of our building where all the kids and families come in for our preschool, and uh, so many of the volunteers come in during the week, and you guys have made this place look great. So thanks for serving God. Thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for making a difference in the community. As we talk here at Palm Coast Community Church, it's about loving God, loving people, and living it out, and you guys are doing that. So thanks so much for what you've done here. Greetings, uh, Epic Church. Once again, I want to thank you for so much for, uh, you know, what it is that you bring to the pantry, what it is that you bring to this ministry. Um, you know, people are really happy to, to receive these hot dogs, hamburgers, chips, and everything else that you're giving to them, but also showing them the love of Christ. So. Um, can't say uh, enough about you guys. Really have been wonderful over the years. Really appreciate you. God bless you all. And I understand uh, in closing here that you're doing about 16 different things uh, today um, everywhere in the county. Uh, what a blessing. God bless you. Thank you so much. You know, I've been, I've been hearing thank yous all week long. It's funny. I've kind of been out in the community. You know, my kids play some sports, and I see people, and they're saying, was that your church that did this, and was that your church that did that? So I must have heard another dozen thank yous, and it's just been really cool that, you know, I've been honored to be a part of this, uh, you know, uh, opportunity to go out and give in the community. So thanks to everyone for helping us be the church for our community. That's really awesome. And remember, if serving is something that's kind of gotten into your heart and you kind of got the bug for it, you don't have to wait until next year for us to get uh, another 3G Sunday going 
we have serving opportunities that go on throughout the year. And uh, there's two of our local community partners. Um, one of them is Joanna with Habitat for Humanity. She's in the back over there. And it's a great organization. You're talking about building homes for people. You know, we're talking about some of the basic needs. And shelter is one of the basic needs. And, and Joanna's organization really does that. You don't have to be a skilled carpenter. Uh, they, you know, they will teach you some of the skills. They won't put you in a situation that you're uncomfortable with. Go out there and build. It, it, it's just so fulfilling to get out there and do something like that. Uh, the other one, the, the local partnership that we have is Grace Community Food Pantry. You're talking about an organization that, that feeds hundreds and hundreds of people each week. I don't know where we would be without them. Uh, they provide so much for our community and we're so grateful to have them. So if, if that's something you want to get involved in, then I encourage you to do that as well. And don't forget, we have them locally right here at Epic. We have our, our kids ministry, our, our, our connections team, and tech, and, and setup, and teardown, and lifeguards. We have all sorts of things that you can do right here at Epic if you choose. And if you want to extend beyond the boundaries of Flagler County, we've got two international mission trips that you can get involved with. So I challenge you, get involved in serving, and you see how great it feels. It's, I, I think that giving to people is more fulfilling, uh, more fulfilling than getting, and that's just the way I feel, so... Uh, any, and enough of that. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Chris Seppi. I like to move around a little bit up here, and, and uh, so I'm going to step away from the podium for a little bit. Uh, welcome to Epic. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you with us. I've got a couple of announcements for you. So uh, if you look on your seat, you'll see a little half sheet of paper. That should be our announcement sheet. You can follow along with us, or just kick back and uh, listen to me babble up here for a little bit. First of all, if you're new with us, welcome. Glad that you're here. Uh, if you have a moment on the way out, if you uh, would like to stop by our Connection Center, which is located in the back corner over there, we'd love to meet you personally. And or any questions that you may or uh, have for us. If you've been coming to Epic for a while and you call Epic home and you've made the decision to partner with us through giving, uh, there's two ways you can do that. You can visit our website at theepicchurch.com. You can click on the giving tab or at the end of the seating sections on the tables, we've got some biz, uh, giving boxes. You can go ahead and utilize them as well. So, uh, for, well, this is the second service, so it might have not been that cold, but I was here first service. It was a little chilly out, but it's warming up, and that's a good thing because we've got a baptism today at 3 o'clock, so hopefully it's going to warm up even a little bit more because we're going to be getting in the water out there. 3 o'clock, North 16th Street in Flagler Beach. So if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you want to make that public declaration, please see uh, our pastor, Tim Jones. He's waving to you back there by the Connection Center. Uh, he'll go ahead and uh, answer any questions, help you through that process. If you don't have anything on your agenda... Well, you're invited to come on out and support anybody that's going to get baptized today. All right, my golf players, we have Lifeline Golf Tournament coming up next week. And you say, what is Lifeline? Well, I'm going to tell you what Lifeline is. It's a 12-step Christian-based recovery ministry in our community that we like to partner with. So on November 1st, there's going to be a, a charity golf tournament at the conservatory. So it's local right here. Uh, and tomorrow is the last day to sign up. So what you need to do is to go to Life Coast Church's website, which is www.lifecoast.org, and you can sign up directly through there. And like I mentioned earlier, it was a little chilly this morning. That means winter is starting to roll around, or at least Florida winter. I mean, where I'm from, we have a real winter, but this is like the Florida winter. That means daylight savings times is approaching, and in fact, it's going to be next weekend. So Saturday, remember, set your clocks back an hour, not ahead fall back. So back one hour, that's why you'll be on time for uh, church on Sunday as we kick off our David series. And the last thing I want to talk about is our giving tree. You know, Christmas is fast approaching. And during the holiday season, we want to help those in our church or friends or family in the community that are in need of food and or Christmas gifts. So around Thanksgiving, we're going to have a tree set up in the back over there. And that tree is going to contain a bunch of cards. And on each of those cards is going to be a specific need that we'd like to get met um, as a gift uh, for people. So what we need right now 
is referrals from you. So if you know anybody, coworkers, family members, uh, anybody within our community here that you know is in need, please go to our website. Once again, theepicchurch.com. Right on the homepage, you see a big old Christmas tree. You can click on there. We need referrals, and we need those by November the 7th so we can go ahead and get everything rolling. So uh, please be in, in prayer about that. Just give some thought to that. We'd love to be able to help out some people during the holiday season. Well, we look forward to having you back next week as we kick off the David series, and I hope everybody has a great Sunday. Thanks for being here.